Welcome to the Student of the Game Fire Podcast with your host, Danny B. Steven Van Ness has 13 years of volunteer and career experience. He started as a volunteer with Bay District Volunteer Fire Department in St. Mary's County, Maryland, before becoming a career firefighter with the D.C. Fire Department, where he rides as a backstep on Engine 30 in correlation with Truck 17, also known as The Heights, which has been crowned as one of the top five busiest firehouses in the nation. Without further ado, I present Mr. Steven Van Ness. Oh, man. Steven Van Ness. Uh, I've got about 13 years in the fire department. I uh, joined the fire department at a young age, 16 years old. I uh, decided very young that's something I wanted to do. There was no real uh, moment that kind of clicked and said that I wanted to be a fireman. kind of came natural and um, got into it a little bit early before I could actually officially join Lexington Park with the Bay District Fire Department. I was able to get my feet wet, if you will. Um, with the guys and then build a rapport and a basic understanding of the job before I was able to officially join the fire department. And then once I did, it was kind of no stopping, no looking back. So I uh, haven't looked back since. It's been a it's been a good ride so far. I'm looking for the many many more years that I'm hopefully blessed with. But uh, pretty much how it started. 16 years old, Lexington Park. All right. Awesome sauce. Uh, so what would you say the culture is like within both your departments that you're currently on now regarding pride training and calls? And before you even answer that, I can tell you from an outside guy looking in Hollywood Bay district, most of those departments in that area within that Maryland region have got their shit tight. Host beds, training calls, Y'all are all dialed in. And from engine 30, I, I mean, I, I kind of give you some some uh, some hell because uh, I got a good friend of mine that's on the 15 engine and both of your trucks are always looking to the T. So go from there. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I, I'm a firm believer that you, you got to know where you've been to know where you're going. Um, very big on that. And uh, I was a volunteer before I was a career fireman. So I'll start with Hollywood and Bay District. Um, Bay District obviously came first. Bay District's a very large part of who I am. Uh, the people there, uh, whether they be active with that fire department still or uh, have moved on since, there were a lot of people that influenced the person I am today, uh, more than just as a fireman, but as a man and as a as a father and husband. And uh, I'll forever be in debt to the volunteer system uh, that is Southern Maryland and St. Mary's County. But uh, Bay District was very influential for me because it was, an opportunity for me to decide who I was going to be. And I had a lot of influential people um, along the way. I have a, a very small amount of guys that kind of took me under their wing. I didn't have the uh, the best of circumstances moving up throughout my childhood and to my uh, later years of high school. But uh, with their guidance, their uh, support, um, and the uh, large, very large chance that they took on me, I was able to you know, become a few different ranks within that fire department and uh, achieve different goals of mine that I wanted to achieve, whether they be uh, at a very small level, whether it be stretching lines or, or throwing ladders, 
or a little bit bigger than that and that's that's leading people and understanding the side the budget side of volunteering and um the recruitment retention and training programs um so bay, bay district was very influential in who i was able to to build myself into, I would call Bay District the foundation of who I am. Um, moving on to Hollywood, uh, dude, I, I can't say enough that, that the fire department in Hollywood, the leadership, all the way down to the newest person, they are hands down the smoothest operating organization I've ever been a part of. The uh, the greatest thing about Hollywood is anyone who wears a bugle or a chevron well you know you, you name your signal you name your symbol mm-hmm. they, they were all firemen first they and that's what they want to be like uh, between uh the, the chief rectors and the, the you know tatums and, and and all the chiefs that are there rogers that they're building these guys with the basics they're they're building them to be firemen first like the most important foundation is ladders and getting your gear on and putting lines on the street and put, make sure you put your pride and your commitment into everything you do, your health, your, your, your appearance. The, 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 uh, look, let me look at the hose. Look at, look at the, uh, you name it, dude. Like that place is hands down the smoothest operation I've ever seen. And I'm a, I'm so grateful to be a part of an organization that also understands that while I'm not, you know, 16 years old anymore mm-hmm. and I can't give them every day, they know that what I can offer to them is an asset. And uh, I think that's what makes Hollywood so great. It's everyone brings a little tiny bit of who they are and what they can give to the table. And it creates a very, very well operating product. So, um, uh, I'm very appreciative of Bay District, um, and I'm very excited to be a part of an organization that is Hollywood because of its uh, its culture and being the best fireman you can be and uh, keeping the main thing the main thing. So um, moving on to D.C., uh, the the culture there, uh, the, the unfortunate side of my career so far in D.C. is uh, – I haven't had an opportunity to see, I guess what I'm trying to say here is the the entire culture of what is the D.C. Fire Department because I've been fortunate enough to be able to stay on 49th Street as, as much as I possibly could, whether it be in a driving capacity or uh, on the side of the truck or on the back step of the wagon, just because of staffing and uh, just the reality of the job and people being off and so a lot of my influence, a lot of my exposure, a lot of my thought process and what I know of the D.C. Fire Department is based off of the morals, the culture, the tradition, and the day-to-day operations of Engine Company 30. Okay. And um, I, I can't say enough things about Engine 30. The, the, the guys hold everyone to a standard. You know, we come to work. Do our job. We have fun together. We don't take anything too serious, other than what it should be serious, and that's the, the wagon and the truck being ready for service at any given moment. Right. And 
we like to go to fires. We we want to go to fires. That is the biggest thing <laughs> that we 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 want to go to fires. When we come to work, we don't want to do anything other than provide the best service possible and go to fires. And that is that is the best thing. That is the best feeling in the world is to know that every day you go to work, the guys are going to put the main thing first. The hose is going to look tight. The ladders are going to be clean. Wagon's going to be clean. The truck's going to be clean. And we are going to turn out as fast as we possibly can and put hose on the street on every box, ladders to the building, and get inside and mitigate the issue as fast as possible. That is the pride on 49th Street is to be in position and execute as fast as possible and as efficiently as possible. So I can't really give too much more of a perspective on uh, other battalions and other cultures of other firehouses because, like I said, Dania, I've been so, so blessed with the opportunity to stay within my firehouse throughout my the majority of my career. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, your blessing can be your curse as well. So, Right, right. I, I'm saying so. Uh, on average, how many calls does a uh, 30 engine do a, do a, do a shift? Because from what I hear, you guys are up in the sevens. You're, you're running seven plus thousand. Yeah, so uh, I'd say uh, there's there's your 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 average day, which is probably twenty five, twenty six runs. Um, you know, my busiest day at thirty engine was forty six runs. God bless in a twenty four hour period. Yeah, um, and it sounds like it's unachievable until you're actually in the situation. You got a cooler between you and your layout, man, because you guys don't have an opportunity to do anything but take runs. And it was actually July 4th on the day that I'm speaking. Okay. But, uh, I mean, we we ran all day, all night, no sleep, and uh, it was it was 46 runs. But uh, to answer your question and the, the basic of it, I'd say 20 to 30 runs is what 30 engines is going to take in a 24-hour period. And uh, we don't have many uh, relaxing days, if you, if you will. Right, right. And it's always the busy houses, from my experience of talking to individuals from all over the country, it's always the busy houses that always have their training up to par, stations clean, rigs are clean. So I, I hate whenever I hear excuses from individuals that are with slower companies or slower departments when they're like, we just don't have time or we didn't have time to do this and that, but the busy stations are, they always find time to get it done. So it's, it's just, it's just remarkable hearing how busy you guys are, but still your, your station is tidy. Everything's clean. So it's just, it's just, it's great. I love hearing it. Yeah. It's uh like I, like I said, like getting up in the morning, like, a lot of people that I know would be love, would absolutely love to be in the position that I am. And uh, that's, that's just something you got to take with yourself every day. Like, uh, there was one point when Stephen Van Ness was 16 years old and wanted to be a fireman somewhere. And then there was Stephen graduating into the fire department saying, I wanted to be at Engine 30 in D.C. So when I was able to achieve those things, there was always a part of me that wanted to look back and just say, okay. Stay grounded, stay humble, be proud of where you came, but understand that there are so many people. There are so many people that are on the outside looking in to the career fire department, that is, 
that would love to be in your position. Going to fires or not, like just because you didn't go to a fire today doesn't mean that you shouldn't be grateful for everything that you have. The hose is still on the fire truck. The ladders are still on the side of the ladder truck. You can still go through the motions every single day without there actually being a fire. And I think that is so important that people that have gotten to these positions, that you see in the fire department, um, again, going back to culture, and this is not in any particular department that I've been a part of, um, just overall that I've, I've seen through social media platforms and uh, conversations I've had with fellow firemen, guys, that they, they want, 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 and they finally achieve, and they just totally forget how bad they had that itch once. Like just, you just got to remember that you get up in the morning and you have an opportunity to go be somewhere that you want to aspire to be. That's a blessing in and of itself. And that's even more reason. Keep your health in shape. Keep your, your basic abilities together. And right when you think you're going to have a bad tour, just slow down and be like, there's a crap load of people that would love to be in the position that I'm in. And I just mm-hmm. need to get out of my own head, if you will. Right. Right. Um, <clears throat> so this leads to my next question, which I mean, I, I think you've already hit it. Uh, the question is what keeps you personally invested to stay positive and continue loving the job. And one thing for sure, just by hearing you talk, you definitely have the humility trait going on hundred percent dialed in. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I think I'm human, and I think that sometimes, uh, you know, you can get, kind of get ahead of yourself, and uh, sometimes you got to dial it in. But for the most part, I try to keep myself even keel and uh, understanding that at any moment, anything that I have can be taken from me, and I can be back down to starting over if 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 ever I had to happen. So uh, I try to remain humble, but um, I think the biggest thing. And if I remember your question correctly, you're asking what keeps me going, correct? Yeah. 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 So I, I think that what keeps me going is there's a, there's a lot of people that have sacrificed for me to be who I am today. And there's a, a lot of people that depend on me, whether it be my own family uh, or people that we are going to be asked to help, you know, res- responding to. And I think that, uh, Regardless of how I feel, I have an expectation and a responsibility to the people that have put their own agendas to the side, who put their own uh, issues and wants and needs and desires aside to ensure that I was successful. I think that's very important that you always remember that you have a responsibility to continue to do well for your crew, the guys that through your probation, sacrificed whatever it is that they had to sacrifice, which, again, you don't get to decide what they sacrificed and didn't sacrifice to ensure you were successful. You just receive, understand, and be grateful for what they're willing to give you. Um, whether it be in a volunteer setting or in a career setting, there's, there's been a lot of people, whether it be a very small conversation or a plethora of years or over a decade of experience of me just watching them, that I owe it to, to, to show up every day and to the people before me at engine 30 and the, the, the legends of the DC fire department before me and the people that created the Bay district fire department and the Hollywood fire department 
and the people that continuously invest in who I am, that's what keeps me going is doing my part. I'm a firm believer that if you can do your basics of your job, then you're at par. It's when you can do more than the bare minimum to help the people around you that you become an asset. You can't do the basics and you can continuously make excuses for why you can't do the basics. You're a liability. Mm-hmm. But if you can do the bare basics, then you're, you're up to par. Like you're, you're an okay individual on the team. Right. It's when you it's when you go that extra mile, that little extra, and you put in that much more than you should have, that through time it becomes a subconscious culture of yourself and the people around you to where, okay, he went a little bit farther, I'm going to go a little bit farther. And if you keep that thought process, which I do every day, is what can I do for this company? What can I do for myself? And what can I do for the team? Just go that little extra mile to put our guys in a good spot, whether it be studying a box, studying a short street, uh, washing a fire truck at Hollywood, uh, getting a text message from a chief saying, hey, can you come up here and spend a couple hours, you know, in a, in a driving capacity role? It doesn't matter. Just go that extra mile. Just go that little bit farther. And it becomes almost contagious to the right people. When you're around the right people, it becomes contagious. Oh, well, he got here at 4 a.m. to get the pipe. I'm going to get here at 345. And before long, you got guys pulling up to the firehouse and running in, chasing each other, trying to get to the pipe to get the line for the day. And that is what creates the culture within the firehouse of the little things like fire shine and nice neat hose and waxing the wagon on every 30, every 30 days and, you know, the, the, the toilets and the meal fund and, you know, all those things that go into being a fireman that people don't see in a layman's perspective. All they see is the fire should go down the street, the hose on the street and the fire go out. There's so much more to it. There's toilets that need to be clean. There's, there's floors that need mops. There's food that needs made. I could tell you that the most important thing for us in 24 hours is ensuring that we eat. You know, you're taking 30 ones a day. You got to eat. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, just, just to kind of round off the question that you're asking, um, what keeps me motivated, it's the people around me and the, the drive that the volunteer department has, the career department, engine 30, Hollywood, what have you. At the end of the day, I am so blessed to be surrounded by guys that go that little extra mile every single day. And it just continuously levels everyone up around them. And um, that, that's what keeps me driving is if, if I decide to take a day off, I'm going to fall behind. I got, I got firemen around me. I got guys that I aspire to be when I, when I get up in ranks. And uh, that, that's just pretty much it. Like every day is a, it's a little race to keep up with the next man and, and make the best product for you and your company. No, well said. Can't argue that. And it perfect as a perfect segue to the next question. What are your ultimate goals eventually? Um, I think my ultimate goal is to have a fulfilled career when it's over. And I guess what I mean by that is 
uh, I can't really put a rank to it. Okay. Can't really put, can't really put anything to it uh, as far as like a idol. I just I want to be uh, able to sit back when it's all said and done, and know that no matter what's said, no matter what's done, I always took care of what was most important, and that's being able to do the job and do the job at a high level and the people that I was with. I'm I'm not so much. Um, tied into the amount of money that I make or the, the rank that's on my collar or anything of that statute. I, I just want to retire from the DC fire department and have the general understanding be that I was always ready to do my job and take care of my brothers and sisters side by side and nothing more that's that's pretty much it is i want to go to many fires as possible i, I love going to fires <laughs> um all right uh, as far as you know some what you know obviously you say what is your overall goal in the fire department what i'm working towards now is being a wagon driver i would love to be a wagon driver at 30 engine nice um currently currently in that process um I'm, I'm doing well with the process i think things are looking good but okay. uh my biggest goal was just, uh, you know, retire happy, retire happy, fulfilled, um, and just be able to pass a good message to the next group, especially in a, in a culture. I've listened to a couple of your podcasts and I've listened to a couple other people uh, with, you know, just people referencing that the today's society and today's generation of the fire service, they, they don't know what they're talking about. They don't know what they're doing. Or, right. Right. You know, they're a little, they're a little, a little high strung and, um, I'm not going to say that I disagree or that I agree with that. I think that uh, just as much as it is with your children, your children are a product of who you are. And I think that a lot of people use this, well, they're not what we were. Well, they're not what you were because you're not making them what you were. Uh-huh. And and that's, that's just how I feel. I've always felt that way. Like, um, I, I don't know. I guess I guess if that if that makes sense to you, I no, you're good. I I totally get where you're coming so, from. I totally get it. I totally get it. Um, yes. So I gotta ask because your your main career, you know, you're on you're on engine thirty, but the places you used to and currently volunteer at uh, have an array of apparatus. So I gotta ask you, which is your favorite: the engine, the truck, or the rescue? Uh, fire suppression is and always will be the backbone of the fire department. The engine company is the most important part of the fire department, and I wouldn't have it any other way. Um, I've had an opportunity to dabble a little bit. Uh, we hadn't, we haven't spoke on this, uh, but I was a fireman in Alexandria for about three years, uh, in, in Virginia, Northern Virginia. Okay. And, uh, I was appointed to four engine. 204 uh and i did about four months there and the assistant fire chief of operations came downstairs and said hey uh see you got a little bit of pep in your step and i see you look like you uh don't like sitting around much is there anywhere else you'd like to go and i had an opportunity to go be on the rescue squad and uh be on the tech rescue team where i had an opportunity to serve in the capacity as squad wagon driver um Barman, hook man, first tool, second tool, 18, 18, whatever you want to call it. I've been an opportunity to be able to ride in those positions 
And uh, I served under a very, very well-respected captain who, to this day, I feel is uh, one of my best mentors I've ever had. His name's Dave Loops. He um, he taught me the uh, the science of slowing the fuck down. <laughs> slow down, dude. It's not that serious. And uh, it was just 100 mile an hour every, everywhere I went. And one day we were going to a a high-rise fire and fire was shown from i believe it was like the 15th or 16th floor i jumped off the rescue squad and i skedaddled down the street and he finally got a hold of me grabbed my pack strap and said slow down you're running to an elevator slow down so um what i'm getting at here is i've had an opportunity to drive a ladder truck at bay district and drive a rescue squad at bay district and drive a rescue squad at hollywood and and I was able to be detailed to certain positions within the D.C. Fire Department, the Alexandria Fire Department. And there, there's no better place to be than on the pipe. There, you know, you got your tillerman that likes the tillerman spot. You know, oh, it's the best seat in the house, best view of the city. Like, I mean, it's, it's a nice spot. Don't uh-huh. get me wrong. Uh-huh. But there is no better calling than jumping off a wagon, fire showing, with an inch and a half in your hand, and you're making the difference. You can throw all the ladders you want to that building. You can throw any hologram bar you want through a window, through a front door. You can gap step force. You can do whatever you like with anything on that ladder truck. And the only thing that's going to make a difference is an inch and a half and a fireman on the line putting the fire out. So, engine company through and through every day of the week. Nothing, nothing will ever change. Can't argue that. I can't argue with the man. He's he he's he's all about the wagon being the pipe man. So that's uh that's awesome. So you you get no uh no complaints from me. Um in your opinion, what are key elements or factors are needed to make a good firefighter regardless of rank? Well, that's a really good question. I think uh I think there's so many different definitions in today's society of a good firefighter. Uh, and True. some people come at it True. from, from a, from a health perspective. Um, some people come at it from a knowledge perspective. Some, at it, some people come at it from a, uh, quieter listening more than he speaks kind of perspective. Uh, you're seen, you're not heard. And, uh, I think overall what makes someone the best fireman they can be is just being able to, take the most out of each day when they're given an opportunity to learn about the fire department. Health is very important. I would say health, uh, making sure that you can perform your job uh, at a high level, uh-huh. 100% is important. But um, just stay, staying true to being humble, like I'm a firm believer that you shouldn't be the smartest person in the room. If you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room to be around people that challenge you. You should be uh, okay with being vulnerable and, and learning something new. And um, that's, that's the biggest thing is you get guys, they get, and I've seen this time and time again, and maybe at one point I was even fitting this criteria when I thought I had it all figured out. And I had probably five or six years on, and I went to a few, few fires at Bay District, and my helmet was blacking down a little bit, and I was a live-in, and you just couldn't tell me anything because my shit didn't stink. <laughs> well, I've I've come a long way, man, uh, and I, I've come to learn that uh, that's the wrong mentality to have. Uh, everyone has something to offer you 
whether it be what to do or what not to do. And you can make that assumption and make that decision based on what your goals are when you see those things take place. And that's the biggest thing that makes uh, someone, in my opinion, a good fireman is being able to remain humble and always be vulnerable to learning something new or another way of how to do something. So the day that you think that one method to force the door, one method to get a ladder up, one method to stretch a hand line, or one type of nozzle or one type of seat or, or fire apparatus or what, what have you, the day that you think that the one way that you do it is the only way or else is the day that you start to decay in your progress. Because, I mean, I'm sure down um, in the Carolinas where you're at and up here are a little different. And, and I know FDNY and the D.C. Fire Department do things different. Right. Or uh, the, the L.A. Fire Department and the Boston Fire Department do things different. But at the end of the day, when you all come together from your own departments, your own ways of life, your own uh, thought processes, SOGs and, and guidelines, and you put the product together, the ultimate goal is to put the fire out. And if there's multiple ways to do it, to build yourself up at, and to be the best fireman you can, then I think that uh, you should be open to those things. And if you're not willing to listen to somebody show you something else, then uh, you're, you're slowly starting to, to travel down the wrong path. And, um, you know, talking on Hollywood again, I think that is one of the, the, the best things that make them successful. I'm talking about it on a personal level. What makes uh, the firefighter successful? What makes them uh, have the best chance of success? And I've explained that uh, being open to other ways and learning new ways and learning new other things and, and, and not always thinking you're right. Just accept the fact you're not always going to be right. And that is okay. It's the learning that's important, not that you were right or wrong. With Hollywood, the department doesn't care about being right or wrong. They care about what is the best product for our guys and what is the best product for the public and how is this going to make us better? Mm -hmm. So um, just to answer your question um, full circle, I think that remaining humble and being uh, vulnerable and having the ability to say there are other ways to do things. And not only that, but uh I'm willing to uh, accept those, embrace those different ways. And if I don't like it or it doesn't work for me, so be it. But just being able to just slow down and understand that there's more than one way to do this. And um, you have two ears and one mouth for a reason. Listen up and take what you can from it and learn whether it's something to do or not to do. All right. All right. <clears throat> uh, last question. In your opinion, what do you think the American Fire Service can improve on? Um, so, again, such a, di a diverse um, culture of firefighting across the United States, depending on where you're uh, speaking on. But uh, right. in my experience with Southern Maryland and uh, Washington, D.C., I think that the biggest thing that people could do better to have an overall better product as a American fire service is to judge second and understand first. And this is what I mean by that. Instead of 
seeing someone, whether they are um, dressed in their uniform a certain way or present themselves a certain way or pull a line a certain way or, or lead as a chief a certain way, instead of judging, slow down and try to understand why that individual moves the way that they do. Because when you better understand why someone does what they do, you're able to get on each other's level and come to an understanding that makes a better product at the end. And in today's fire service, especially in the, the jurisdictions that I find myself in, I feel like there is a lot more ease with people just falling into the, oh, well, forget that dude. He's a, he's a shitbag or, or this guy doesn't care about the job or he's here for a paycheck or, or this guy gets here at this time because of this and he's, he, I'm writing him off. I think if we all slowed down and just understood each other a little bit better and came up with an, a better understanding of how the overall product could be better once we understand each other, everything gets better. And, and it's all, all I'm saying here is communication, Danny. Yep. I think communication could be better in the fire-to-fire service on a one-on-one level, on a company-to-company level, on a department-to-department level, whether it be uh, mutual aid agreements, whether it be uh, – the lack thereof mutual aid agreements. Uh, uh, well, you do this, we'll do that. Just, just communication, Danny. I, I think that in a world that we've created where communication is at our fingertips, there's a lot of ignorance to using it. Uh, and, and it's very basic form and just speaking to somebody as a human and understanding where they're coming from, <laughs> especially when not everyone that gets hired in the career of fire department is coming from a volunteer background. Right. Not everyone that's coming into a volunteer background it's even out of high school yet. So like, there's a lot of things that go into each individual's portfolio. And as someone who aspires to lead people or as someone who aspires to be a public safety figure, you need to possess the ability to slow down and try to understand what's going on before you react and judge. You don't just run into a burning building without understanding what the, what the smoke and the fire is doing. So why would you do it any different with your people? Slow down understand what they're trying to tell you, understand why their mannerisms are what they are, and to try to assist them in understanding you, try to assist yourself in understanding them. And once you guys can come to a, uh, you know, an agreement or an understanding of each other, move forward. And at the end of the day, all I'm saying, Danny, is just communicate better. The fire service needs to communicate better, in my opinion. And once, once we start communicating better, I think a lot of the problems aren't even problems. Facts. I'll definitely say that. I think that is... It, and I'm no expert in this, in what I'm getting ready to say, but from what I see, me being a fire nerd that I am, the most successful departments out there, whether career or volunteer, the reason why they are the way they are, how they operate, how they operate on fire ground, how they run calls is because they have communication from the top down and vice versa from the from the bottom up everybody's on the same page there's no room for interpretation chief lays down the foundation this is how it's going to be this is how we're going to do it his his subordinates or his command staff agree and they pass it down and it goes down from the captains to the firemen but for some reason we have some organizations and some chiefs that leave room for interpretation 
cause rumors, cause turmoil, and just sit back and do nothing about it is the biggest issue that we have in the fire department. Yeah, and I, and I think I live this a little bit, and I can reason with everything you just said. Um, and I, I'm fortunate enough now, my captain of Engine 30, he's, he's a very down-to-earth person. He wants to go to fires. He uh, takes care of his people. His people always come first, even if, it, even if it's his own demise. If he knows I'm going to do X, and it's going to cause me issues, but it's going to take care of my people. There's no second guessing with him. He takes care of his people every single time. Doesn't matter what it is. Doesn't matter what the repercussions are for him. He's going to make sure his people are taken care of. And um, with you saying some chiefs, you know, they cause turmoil, they let, you know, the rumors and all that stuff. I think in my experience, I've seen firsthand as I've came up in the fire department, people get made from private to sergeant or from lieutenant to captain or what have you. But especially at that chief level, they they assume that role. They're or you know they're promoted to that role, and then totally forget that everyone behind them mm-hmm. still wants to go to fires. They still want. To have all of the luxuries of being in a firefighting fire department, they want to go to fires. They want to get into position quick. They want to they want to affect rescues in the quickest way possible. They they want to do these things and do them at a very high level. But I feel like certain individuals and certain people get into certain positions, and they totally forget that, and they they create this this world uh, or this culture. Uh, people running scared or people afraid to do the very basics of their job because they're doing so many policies and guidelines and directives and orders telling you to do the direct, you know, the direct opposite of what you in your very core want to do as a fireman. And that, that I can understand building on to what the fire service could do better outside of the communication is, be who you are 100% of the time. Don't change who you are because you graduated into a new role. And honestly, dude, I'm not a chief. I, I'm not a chief. I'm not a captain. I'm not a sergeant. I, I don't know any of those things uh, as of now, obviously, because I'm just a private. But in my perspective, if I have morals and, and values, at a private level, they shouldn't vacate when I, when I promote. Exactly. And I should be doing everything possible as a leader to ensure that the members after me that fill my vacancy of private and the ranking structure all the way up to whatever that may be, have the same opportunities and values and resources that I did when I was in those positions. Because you can't continuously ask for the same product that you gave to an organization and continuously pull things from people and expect them to be able to perform what you did with less. Right. So. No. I definitely get what you're coming from with there. I understand where you're coming from there, but. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's crazy. The, 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 the safety culture now that we, that not, I'm not going to say all five departments, that some fire departments have now it, it's it's kind of disgraceful you know where this whole thing of you need to put the firefighter first 
yeah, to an extent, but we are here for the citizens. We are here for the community. We're telling them, close your doors before you go to bed, but we're acting like God when we pull up on scene and advise, oh, um, fully involved, be de- defensive only, where you have on the Delta division a window that doesn't have fire come out, do a quick VES and search for a victim and then go out. But we know that Sean Duffy says it's searchable versus survivable. We're playing God. Some departments are doing that and it's bullshit. Yep. I totally agree with that. I think uh, there's many different little things that you can pick out of the fire service and give that same analogy to. And at the end of the day, I think it's as simple as, situational it's all situational and i think when you put too many policies in place or you put too many procedures in place guidelines laws rules regulations you're you're pinning your guys down absolutely and i've seen a firsthand where we know that we could affect a situation to make a better outcome and instead of it just being we're going to do this against blank and this is going to cause a much better product and instead of understanding that we're going to do this and the leadership's going to have our back, we're going to do this. We're going to save this life, or we're going to affect X and cause this to be our final outcome, which is better than the latter. And we're going to get punished for it, but we can't stand by and allow someone to be affected negatively because we're scared to get in trouble. And that's the culture that I've seen is, we're going to do X to make sure someone's taken care of. However, we're going to get in trouble for it. And that's when you create guys that don't have that courage uh, in the fire service and leadership roles where they're more scared of getting suspended than just doing the right thing. Yep. So, and that's where you start having people that otherwise would have did the right thing. Otherwise would have made that rescue. Otherwise would have been yes and found that person and saved their life. But instead, through continuous culture <laughs> change and rules and regulations and he's coming down on, you know, the, the ranking structure, you've scared these guys into, well, I'm not going to do that because I can't afford to, to be suspended for 24 hours. We, we, we need to get away from that. We, we need to get back to allowing firemen to be firemen, allowing officers to make informed decisions. If I'm on the scene and I got fire shown from the first floor, the second floor is viable. The officer of that unit should be able to make a radio transmission, make a clear, concise report, and execute to ensure that the area isn't occupied by someone trapped in the building without the fear of being suspended, reprimanded, demoted, all of these things. So um, I totally agree with that, 100%. Awesome. Love it. I love, uh, love this, this, uh, this, this interview today. It's been, been great. Good conversations. Hopefully listeners can, can, uh, go back to their crews and, and talks among each other and figure some stuff out. Hopefully some departments that, that follow this type of guideline can maybe go back, rethink, but I love talking shop with, with firemen that have the same mentality that I do. So, uh, Steven, man, it's, it's been great. I appreciate it. Um, uh, congratulations on the baby. Hopefully everything goes well with that. And, um, I gotta, uh, give a shout out to, uh, 
Nick Aliato for uh, hooking me up with you. Um, oh, well, shockingly, you two already knew each other. I just didn't know that. So small world, but man, I, I, I appreciate having you on, pal. Yeah, man, I'll leave you with this. This is something I live with. Uh, I didn't realize how true this was until I heard it for the first time. And it's from Lieutenant Gregory Turnell in the D.C. Fire Department. He's now retired. He says, the rules are never more important than the mission. The rules are never more important than the mission. And I hope that if someone ever finds themselves in a situation where they can do the right thing, but they're being held back by guidelines and procedures and, and what have you, what, whatever's in your way, at the end of the day, if you can hear that, hopefully that inspires you to do the right thing, regardless of the outcome uh, for you. Yeah, awesome. Other than that, man, it was, it was it was nice to speak with you today. I uh, I appreciate what you're doing. The podcast is uh, I've listened to a few of your episodes. Definitely getting some people in here that are making a good push for the right things for the right reasons. That I hope some younger uh, younger guys in the fire service get a hold of your podcast can actually understand these things. I'm listening uh, to something other than a you know an NFPA textbook or someone <laughs> who's teaching a direct streams through a window. Uh, hopefully they can get a hold of some better content than that. And uh, with that, become better firemen themselves. So I appreciate it, pal. Like I said, I appreciate your time. And uh, yeah, I'll, um, I'll uh, holler back at you. Just stay on real quick uh, as I end this. All right. Sounds good. All right, pal. Take care. If any of the listeners out there are or know of, a great firefighter who embodies the principles of being a great communicator, goal-oriented, hardworking, humble, passionate, and professional, regardless of rank, career, or volunteer, contact me at studentofthegamefirepodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, stay focused, stay committed, and stay safe.